welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pareca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pareka here, and I am joined by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peacefully Ease podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can do so with a Peacefully Ease hotline, 424-625-5562 is our phone number. Again, 424-625-5562. Call us 24-7, 365. Give us your feedback, your questions, your thoughts, your ideas. We love to hear from you. Ela loves to answer your questions and to talk about the topics that you want to hear about the most. Also, you can email us at podcast at peacefulease.com. That's our email address. And also, visit us online. Peacefulease.com is the website. Ela, it's great to be back with you today. Yeah, it's very nice to see you, Mario. It's been a full day again. But it's really nice to be back in the studio recording with you. It is. It's fun. And it's, it's something that like we can have these deep conversations before we hit the record button. But there's always that little bit of, you know, relaxation, maybe a little bit of tiredness. Then when the record button's hit, the whole energy changes. That's it. And sometimes we have the conversation and think, oh, we should have recorded this. <laughs> <laughs> All the time we have, I have yeah. that thought. We always have such great conversations because we're both in the flow. But one of the things that I think came up in our pre-show conversation that we want to really dive into a, a bit with listeners is perfectionism. Because it's something that we've both experienced in our lives. It's something that you, I would love for you to share. You said that it was something very heavy in your life in the past, trying to get everything perfect. And for me, especially from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I would use perfectionism as an excuse to delay action because I may have some fear around what the result was going to be. And I think that expectation has a lot to do with that. When you expect perfection, it helps you not act so much and then you don't have to worry about either being rejected or quote unquote a failure or any of those other labels that we give ourselves. So that's how I've experienced it in my life is I call it getting ready to get ready, right? Instead of launching that idea, you're busy working on the minute details that really don't matter because it's allowing you to not get it out there and not get the feedback and not make yourself vulnerable. So that's the way that I've shown up in my life that I can think of the most prominent but you have another great example that we were talking about, so you can talk about it in your own context. Yeah, so perfectionism was one of the first topics I started to kind of work on myself, and the work grew out of me. It was when I was working with a coach from Jack Canfield's team, and I did so much around perfectionism, so much research. I came up with so many exercises back then that that's when my coach told me to go and give workshops around perfectionism. So it's a kind of, in a way, dear topic to me, even though it was such a burden for a long, long time. 
And the way perfectionism had an impact on me was like from every tiny detail in my daily life. And like you said, it comes hand in hand with procrastination. Because when you expect a perfect result from yourself, well, you better not start because it's very hard to hit that perfection if it's likely in the first place. And then people kind of, and I did this too, not start for a while and then start and stop because you realize you're not going to hit that level and then start something else and then continue that until you realize, okay, this is not going to be perfect either and start another one. And a lot of creative people do this because the nature of creativity in the first place is just this beautiful flow state that things come to you, come through you almost, you express them. And initially there's no judgment. They are just ideas that flow through you and you're excited and you write down or you start painting. But as you do it, the old habits kick in and you start judging your work. And then you have this extremely high kind of standards to match with, then you realize you are not going to deliver, reach such standards and then abandon your work again and again. So most people who ask me, why can I not finish any project? You know, I have this side of me that jumps from one thing to another. I say, what about your expectations around this project or around your work? And that reveals a whole mountain of burden in generally. Something that just came up as you were talking on my end is, There's that one end of the spectrum that people like myself that I've experienced in the past where it delays you from doing the task. But then there's that whole other level of people, and this just came up for me as you were talking, that because they know it's not going to be perfect and internally they want it to be, they don't even try. And I see this in podcasting all the time when I'm helping people with podcasting with the whole editing. Pro- it's a whole process of creating a podcast to that final consumption point. And I'll talk to people on a regular basis that say, I just want it to be real raw and authentic. I'm just going to talk into my phone and put it out there. And basically what they're saying is because they know it's not going to be perfect and there's going to be a steep learning curve to getting it to the point where they really want it. Why even try? Mm-hmm. So I'll just do half the work and just put half of myself into it. And then that lets me off the hook because I know I didn't really try anyway. Yeah. So the way I kind of portray perfectionism is like an ivy in a way. You know, it has many branches and procrastination is one aspect of it. Self-sabotage, which is what you're talking about, is another aspect. If, you know, just preventing yourself from even starting or starting and not finishing And low self-esteem is another aspect, because if you're a perfectionist, well, you don't often feel that you're good enough for anything, because your standard of being good enough is perfection, you know. So how are you going to get there? And then this creates low self-esteem, creates this pessimism around things that you won't be able to do it anyway. So why even try? And that it creates this lack of motivation, like why even try? And that creates this kind of immobilized state because you're so burdened by fear or even exposure, you know, like there is this thing that not many people address, but there is something called fear of success. Now, as a perfectionist, you have fear of failure and perhaps fear of success because deep inside you feel like you're not good enough. And if you succeed, 
all the lights will turn on to you, like saying, okay, how did you succeed? Tell us about your story. And then there is this very kind of subconscious level of being exposed. If I succeed, people will examine me and they will see that in essence, I'm not perfect. And many people suffer from this kind of feelings of not being genuine or not being truly themselves. It's like going through the motions of life, but not feeling alive truly. And all this creates like a lack of self-belief. And as a result, guilt creeps in. And here we have a beautiful full circle of perfectionism. And this is like an ivy kind of reaching out. It can be different areas of our lives. And funnily enough, some areas, for example, work can be completely immune and relationships can suffer from perfectionism or vice versa. It doesn't appear everywhere simultaneously. It just grows in its own direction wherever it can creep in, in a way. What initially created your deep interest in perfectionism? Well, my own perfectionism. (laughs) Yeah, but you have to have some kind of awareness or aha moment to say, man, I'm really a perfectionist. Now I need to learn more about like, did you come to that awareness over time? Or did something specific happen that made you realize that so that you got deeply into learning about it and facilitating that with others? I think what was kind of flag for me was the way I spoke to myself. So I was very tolerant of others and of their failures. I was always there for people, for friends who needed me. But if I made a mistake, I would be very harsh to myself. And also, I'm a very creative person, so I would start a lot of projects and not finish them. And I kind of tried to patch it with saying, okay, one project at a time. I'm not finished a second one before I finish this one. But there was this kind of unease underneath, like there's something else. The jumping from one thing to another is just a result of a deeper issue. And that's when I started to work around this topic and discovered perfectionism and it made total sense to me and to answer your question I don't think it was this just one event it was really me observing myself from different angles and putting together a new picture so once you came to that realization or you you started to learn more about it what are some things you uncovered that helped you I don't want to say overcome it because I don't know if you ever really overcome it completely, but what are some things that you do to help yourself accept that imperfection or actually appreciate the imperfections that you have in your life? So I don't also like to say overcome it because it's not like some disease. It's just the mistreatment of ourselves. The way we treat ourselves is not kind enough. So practicing kindness and compassion, especially compassionate body scan uh, which is like a form of meditation and Christine Neff we will link to her website has an amazing body scan on her website and you can just download it and go through it and noticing when I'm not kind to myself and changing it reframing it rewriting that dialogue with myself in a way saying okay what else can I say myself in this situation So it's been a gradual work. There was no one thing that kind of changed it. It's a work in progress. And I aimed not to get rid of it because that's also not kind. Generally, people who are perfectionists are the way they are for a reason. 
And understanding that reason is also very important. For example, it could be that maybe your parents expected too much of you or you thought they did. It could be a misinterpretation. Or maybe your parents treated themselves like that and then you just learned from their behavior like all children do. It could be that especially the most intense perfectionists are generally people who as children had to parent their parents. So if it's especially a single mother or a dynamic where the child had to grow up very rapidly and then without being a child, you learn how to be an adult and that fast forward process kind of speeds up everything in your perception and increases the stakes and that increases the stakes around your expectations of yourself. So understanding what makes you a perfectionist, if all this resonates with you, is very important. And realizing that it's not a kind of overnight cure, it's more like a long-term management system. And I know this will sound maybe disappointing if you're a perfectionist because you just want to perfectly solve the issue of perfectionism. But that's also perfectionism. So just realizing that, okay, the way I'm treating myself is just not realistic. How can I change this treatment? And catching the moments of that mistreatment. And sometimes maybe seeing that perfectionism is not all evil. There can be good sides like you can have a job or you can have a hobby that requires perfectionism. Like I love painting and when I paint I let myself worry about all the tiny details like because that's my hobby I don't have any expectations and it can take as long as it wants I can paint one picture in a month or 20 pictures you know that doesn't matter so I let myself be a perfectionist in there and honestly as you let yourself enjoy the details without telling yourself off or without having that huge pressure on yourself, the negative sides of perfectionism dissolve anyway. But when you treat yourself in a negative way, as you kind of get bogged down in detail, then you hit this dysfunctional relationship with yourself where procrastination starts or you feel kind of pessimistic or you feel discouraged and so on and so forth. So a few episodes back, we talked about having different personalities within yourself. And you mentioned that you were doing an exercise where you were interviewing those different personalities. Have you found or uncovered the perfectionist within yourself as a personality? And have you interviewed that personality yet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't finished the interview yet, but I re-met the perfectionist side of me. And it's been a nice meeting. It's like seeing an old friend in a way. And she's still there. And I still am happy to have her. And I still let her be around certain areas, but she doesn't rule my life anymore. And she wasn't supposed to, you know. And the image I have for her is like a baby monkey. You know, my perfectionist side. It's like you wouldn't ask a baby monkey to rule the um, clan. She's just supposed to run around and do her stuff. And I let her play. I let her have her favorite things. She loves, uh, you know, like painting, writing. So 
I give her the tools she wants and let her enjoy. But I used to be ruled by her in a way that everything had to be aligned and perfect in my life. So that is not the case. And I think we are both happier this way. I'm happy that I don't have to do everything and I can do things sometimes half-heartedly or quickly and they may not look as good as I wanted them to be, but they are good enough for that task. And I think she's happier because she has more time to play. Now, is there an opposite side to that? Have you discovered another personality that's completely opposite of the perfectionist? What would that be? Just someone who's completely fun-loving, doesn't really care about all the little minute details, that just is there for you know, the experience and the fun, and just that's who they are. I think that would be the hiker, no? Like we had talked about in this episode, the guy who gets things done and who chops the wood, who goes fishing and who builds a cabin, you know, who just doesn't need to be perfect. It may be leaking, the wind comes in and so on, but he doesn't care. And he really doesn't care, you know? <laughs> How would those two interact, the perfectionist and the hiker? Well, hiker doesn't want to interact much. Maybe that's the thing. That's a good point. <laughs> He's really happy with himself and by himself, and he prefers that. So there's not much interaction, but I own both of them. And I think that's the work, that I try to give them the space they both individually need. So I can't imagine the hiker sitting down and painting but the perfectionist side of me is going crazy for all these colors and the lines on the paper and stuff. And they're both welcome. Well, I think that's the point. And I think you hit it right on the head there. That's the point I was trying to get at there with the questioning is that, you know, while you may see yourself as a perfectionist, you're really not a perfectionist. Part of you is a perfectionist. But you also probably, as most of us do, we have all of these different qualities and personalities within us. We probably have the opposite in there as well. So if we can kind of reframe that label and say, well, I'm not really a perfectionist. I'm just being a perfectionist right now, or I'm allowing the perfectionist to come out right now. What would the hiker do? What would this other part of me do? And what does that look like? What's the happy medium there? How do I satisfy both personalities? Allow them both to shine, both be themselves. Because I think a lot of times if we do what a lot of people do with that perfectionist side where they beat themselves up over it, or they put it down you know, that person's still there, that personality is still there, and you're just suppressing it. Mm -hmm. And it's going to try to fight back and come out and express itself in other ways. What I learned from doing all this work and working with clients and meeting amazing people who are well ahead of me is like, every part that you don't want to have will ease down and completely integrate with the rest of you as soon as you accept that part. So whether it's your perfectionist side or the side you call lazy or the procrastinator, or as long as you fight these parts, they are going to be there and they are perhaps going to go stronger defending their existence. Uh, as soon as you say, okay, you know, I have this part and sometimes it kicks in and it's okay, I'm a human and I don't have to be perfect. I'm not some algorithm running here. I will have my uptime and downtime and I'm doing my best every day. It's just that my best varies every day. My best today may be better than yesterday's and maybe worse than tomorrow's. And that's the case with everyone. So that when you hit this level, 
everything just falls in place and nothing seems to be an obstacle. Doesn't mean they disappear, they still exist, but they somehow coexist. Great stuff as always, Zila. It's always enlightening at your wisdom and the way that you put it so that we can absorb it with such ease. So thank you for sharing everything you shared, especially about perfectionism. I'm sure that's a topic that'll be coming up again on Peacefully is very, very soon because it's such a deep topic. And I think it's something that so many people can relate to. So I think it's something that we'll be talking about again in the future in a deeper sense. But before we go, do you have any exercises or questions or anything you want to leave listeners with? Maybe three questions that you can just answer quickly as an exercise. Just notice when you first punish yourself instead of rewarding yourself or how often you do that. And then notice when you feel really dissatisfied, even though you've accomplished something or you've completed something. And then third, notice when you measure your worth with your accomplishments. And these three areas will lead you to your perfectionist side, whom you will have to somehow come to terms and shake hands with. Ela, thank you again. Those are great thoughts to leave people with, great questions. And if you want to share your answers with us or your insights around those questions, you can do so by calling the Peaceful Ease hotline at any time. The number for that is 424-625-5562. You can email us podcast at peacefulease.com. We urge you to do that as well. And don't forget to find us online and visit us and see everything we're up to. Peacefulease.com is where you can do that. Ela, it's always a blast. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thank you, Mario. And thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. Thank you so much. And we look forward to speaking with you again very soon on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.